Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, guys. We are going to talk about Hydrodrug. It is one of my favorite products and also one of my favorite things to talk about, which is really saying something because I don't shut up. So anyways, if you guys are unaware, Hydrodrug is a half gallon of water. It has a leak-proof seal, a wide mouth opening, a carry loop, an integrated handle. It even has these incredible sleeves that has a strap on it. So if you're on a walk in the morning, which is one way I always run my Hydrodrug with me, you're not carrying another thing. It's just on the strap, which is so nice. We really should be drinking about a gallon of water a day. It helps so much with your health, obviously, but 75% of Americans are dehydrated. So obviously we have not taken that into account. I used to get really tired in the afternoons. And then also I was just kind of overwhelmed with like the idea of drinking a gallon of water. But since the hydro drug is a half gallon of water, it makes it a lot more like attainable or approachable for me because all I have to do is fill it up twice in the day. But I will tell you my favorite thing about my hydro jog and my self-care routine. I actually have two. Okay. And they're on polar opposite sides of the spectrum. When I'm out and about having, you know, a wild late night, I get home very late in the middle of the night, not really in the middle of the night. I get home after the bars closed, right? I love to fill my hydro jug up. I have half a gallon of water sitting next to my nightstand. I get home. It doesn't matter if I've had one drink or like five. I chug that thing. I drink an entire half gallon of water before I go to sleep. And I wake up the next morning feeling refreshed and ready for the farmer's market, guys. It is incredible. The other way I use it, I love having the sleeve on it so I can just throw it on my arm and go on a little morning walk with the dogs. I have two dogs. You know, it's just too much to carry. I feel like I'm always like adding something that I need to carry in my hands and it's really annoying. So I love that Hydrojug has the sleeves. It's incredible. It actually makes me drink so much more water. That's why I love talking about it. I've never had a water bottle or anything that's made me drink more water. And I just think it's totally worth it. And lucky for us all, we can offer 10% off with the code I love you. You guys can head over to www.thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use my code. I love you for 10% off your purchase. I have the black jug and I have like a black sleeve. So it's very chic, but they also have really cute ones. They have white, pink. I mean, they're really cute. So again, that is thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use my code. I love you for 10% off your purchase. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are doing a little podcast swap with what we said. We have JC and Chelsea on the pod. This is our second swap, but the last time that we did one, it was during the Zoom recordings, which are um, famously known as my least favorite times 
of my life. We recorded for a full two hours. So after you guys finish this episode, head on over to what we said. I will have them in the show notes below. And if you guys are new here, hello, I'm Kinsey. Welcome to the podcast. This episode really just feels kind of like a friend catch up. We're talking about comparison, avoiding FOMO, um, realities behind like the internet, social media, comparing yourself, finding yourself in your 20s. I mean, we really cover a lot of things and I think you guys are going to love this episode. I also did briefly want to mention that I am thinking about doing a little last minute happy hour in Dallas next week. So if you guys aren't already, anyone listening to this needs to join the Geneva group chat because it is this large group chat. We talk about books. We talk about skincare. We talk about our favorite products, um, just life advice. And we also have a little room for people in Dallas. So join that. And all the details will be in there. As always, join the Facebook group, sign up for the newsletter. Um, On the newsletter, it goes more into depth on the episodes and it links products we talk about, books we talk about, things like that. Follow us on Instagram. We finally hit 10K. So we can use that little tap button, not even a swipe up anymore. RIP the swipe up. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, guys. Hello. This is very (laughs) exciting. I can't fully yawn today. Like, I'm having some issues in the studio, but I am here doing a little pod swap, uh, the second one. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to do a little intro? And also, I would love a little life update because we have... Well, I guess I already had moved last time we recorded, but still new places, you know? Yeah. Yes. New vibes. Exciting new life updates. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. (laughs) I'm JC, by the way. This is my voice. Oh, this is Chelsea. Um, So we just moved to Orange County from LA and we are loving it so much. It has been the best little change Um, over the pandemic. We had a really great, solid community in LA, but a lot of people started moving so we actually have some friends in Orange County already. So when we moved, it didn't feel like this, you know, scary thing. We mm-hmm. also moved at the same time, which was like by the grace of God. I don't even know how yeah. we found places at the same time. Were you guys on the same like lease cycle kind of thing? Not or really. No. Wow. So I got kicked out of my house on Christmas. <gasps> um, <laughs> That's right. My landlord was like, on Christmas day, this woman texts me, our landlord, and says, I'm selling the house. Um, we're going to get people in there to start looking at it in three days. I'm in Arizona. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I didn't even know she was like wanting to sell the house soon. You know, the market is just hot. She wanted also, to get rid it's of it. Like Whatever. A house. It's a house. House. So we're like, like okay. you're very established in there. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a little apartment, yeah. like studio apartment that you can just like pick up and go. Yeah. So we basically had to move within like 30 days of that, and we did couldn't find any place. We were thinking we might buy a house, yeah. so we were like looking into that. But the market was crazy. We didn't even know what we wanted. We had such little time. So we're like, okay, let's just put our stuff in storage and like stay at like in an Airbnb for a month until we can. Again, I thought we would like stay in an Airbnb for a month and buy a house within that time. And then it started being like, yeah, I don't think we're buying a house. So we need to find a house to rent. So we stayed in this Airbnb that was probably the most depressed I've ever been in my whole life because I had absolutely no natural light. It was pitch black. That's the worst. I'm so affected by light. I'm mm-hmm. so affected by light. And the the photos on the listing were not what it was. And it was also in an area of LA, which I like had never lived in. And it was way overpriced. Anyway, everything about it was just not good. So then we ended up moving into like the six month rental, blah, blah, blah. And Chelsea was in like a year lease mm-hmm. that, so we were on very different, like we, I was in a six month one that ended in August. So mine was actually kind of like perfect timing for when I needed to move, but yeah. theirs was a little bit longer. Yeah, so it ours, just worked out. Yeah. We had to end our lease a little bit early, but just a couple months early. 
this year was like a freaking whirlwind, I feel like, with where we're going to live. Because we were like sticking by LA's side. Like during the pandemic, we were like, our friends are moving out. We're like, no, we love it here still. And then at least for me, like the moment that I found out I was pregnant and then I was sick two seconds after that, I was like, "Mm, yeah, I'm out of here. Like this is going to be it for me. I need to move somewhere else. And I don't even know necessarily why that is. Maybe it was because that's where I got sick. So I was like trying to get out of that environment. But also I think you, I just was like, I'm entering a new chapter of my life. I want to slow down a little bit. LA is very like, I mean, has amazing food. There's amazing energy here, but we'll never be like LA haters. There's so many things we love about it, but I think it served its purpose for both of us. Yeah. It was just time for a change. I completely feel that. I so love it, but then we did give up on it and we turned our back on it and we moved out. <laughs> Maybe you just close the chapter, yeah, yeah. you know? Exactly. But to be honest, I could not get out fast enough. When I, when we finally started looking, I was like, let's go. You also wanted a bigger apartment. You were in a one yeah. bedroom. Like she's having a kid. It's like, she, you know, all yeah. of it. That's very fair. It's similar to when you buy a whole new wardrobe, all these new clothes and suddenly you hate your old ones. Mm-hmm. Like the second that I know a big change is going to happen, even if I loved what I had before, hate it all. It's yeah. over. I'm yep. over it. Done. Yep. Yeah, like, I don't want any remembrance of this time of my life. <laughs> no, it didn't We're happen. Done. I'm blocking it out of my memory. We're exactly. Done. So we we found places five minutes from each other, which is crazy. just really crazy. Yeah. Like it's been so convenient. So nice. We love the area. Like I said, we have a group of friends there already. The weather's been amazing. We live closer to the coast. Like I think it's really just fitting for this chapter yeah. of life. And it's been really awesome. So yeah, we've been loving it so far. Mm-hmm. Can you ever imagine like not living near each other? I don't want to imagine I, it. I don't want to imagine a world. It would be hard. I, I mean, yeah. we did long distance. As far as the podcast goes, we did long distance for two I years of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we realized how inconvenient it was yeah. until we lived right next to each other. And we lived 20 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And that was, we were like, this is amazing. And now that we live five minutes, I'm like, how can we ever go back? How can we yeah. ever go no, back? still be roommates. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, with the husbands. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and it's, I think maybe we say like, oh, it's so awesome. We live four minutes away. But once they found their place, it's kind of like whoever were to find the place first and the other person's like, that's my commute. Like yeah. I drive to her house to go do the yes. podcast. So it's like, why would I try and like rent a place that's like 40 minutes away? Why would I want a 40 minute commute? So it's like actually not necessarily by accident, but it was really convenient that we found a place we loved that was so close to them as well, that they loved. Cause that's, that's definitely rare, but yeah, no, that's really, really convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. The commute makes sense. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about comparison and FOMO. I feel like This is actually a topic that anytime like we're talking or I'm with you guys, like this is like the thing that comes up the most. JC, you're really good at being like vulnerable and open. The TikTok where you were, I think you were crying in the TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I know the one, I know the one. The one about like management and then Mm -hmm. whatever and not feeling like you found your spark again. Yes. I'm like putting words in your mouth, but I'm pretty sure that's like kind of what you said. Yeah. I love when you post stuff like that because I'm like, yes, like that is very relatable. Like I feel comforted. Yeah. What are your best tips for dealing with comparisons specifically to people on social media? Oh my gosh. It's like, it really has been just like the greatest struggle of my life. So I feel I have so many thoughts, but I'm never going to pretend like I have it all figured out because I struggle with it still, you know, but I don't know. It's just, you know, that cheesy quote that's like, you are you and that's your power. Like no one else is you. And I don't know. I think we all have such special things about us that make us 
us and no one else can ever recreate it. When I really think about that, and it's not to be in like a cocky way or anything, it's that inner confidence when you realize that it's like, I do have like special gifts and talents to like offer this world. Like I will never be someone else. So really what's the use of me? You know, of course, easier said than done, but what's the use of me looking at this girl and being like, I wish I you know, had this or how did she get that deal? And like I was saying in that TikTok, when I was just like going through a hard time personally, and then my management dropped me and it was just such a hit to my ego. I was like, oh my gosh, I've always, again, put a lot of my self-worth into my work being like, I work so hard. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm not the most talented, I'll outwork people, like kind of having this as like part of my ego. And when they were like, yeah, like we're dropping you, like your numbers aren't, you know, what we'd want. I'm like, oh, bye-bye self-confidence. Like that was where I found like, you know, so much of my worth. And so over the past like six months, I feel like I've just been really like regaining my sense of creativity and understanding that that situation where I got dropped and I got rejected, quote unquote, was one of the best things that could have happened in that time period. Even at the time I was so hurt and annoyed. I realized that it was good for me. And like, I don't know. I think that's so hard to see until it happens to you, you know, mm-hmm. hindsight's twenty twenty. but I just have realized that like that was necessary. Like I needed that. I needed that to happen so that I could really just get real with myself. And also I've started to, and I think managements are great. And it's like, maybe I'll have a management manager in the future. I don't right now, but um, my assistant is like kind of become my manager at this point. And it's been so great. And I've realized that I don't need, like, I don't need that. And I thought yeah. for so long that I did. And so it's been a good thing for me. And I think that's been like really eye-opening. It's like the King Tyler Cameron always says, rejection is redirection. It's true. King Tyler Cameron. Mm -hmm. (laughs) TC? Yes. I am. (laughs) There was almost like an analogy a friend shared a few years ago that I always think about. Actually, it's a friend who was like obsessed with you back in the day. And that's how I found out who you were. Oh, that's so funny. Years ago. But... She was saying, you know, when you're in traffic and they at least say that, like, if you're trying to go in a bunch of different lanes, you're actually better off just staying in one lane. You'll get there faster than if you Mm -hmm. go into a ton of different lanes. Mm. So the idea was if you're just focusing on your lane, not that you can't like think outside the box or anything, but it's more so you're focused on what you're doing. You're going to get there faster than if you were sliding into everyone else's lane and, you know, comparing yourself or trying to be someone else instead of just being yourself and focusing on where you're at, you're going to get there faster or it's going to be more efficient or like there's going to be less like accidents or whatever it would be. And whenever I start to get like, oh, I don't know, like this is like kind of sucks or I wish I had what they had or like this isn't enough or whatever. I always think about that and I'm like, oh, I feel better. Yeah, definitely. And there's going to be less suffering and negativity if you're not constantly going into other lanes. I think that's like so powerful. 100%. I So I did swim team growing up. Mm -hmm. I I promise this for late. So I'm like, anyways, (laughs) you want to know what I did? Like, back to me. No. (laughs) Like, anyways, are you guys done? No, I did swim team growing up and then I was like a swim coach. And so when I would do swim team, right? Like you, I'm I'm assuming everyone's seen a swim race because you watch the Olympics or swim me or whatever. You're in your own lane and you have it's just you and you have like the lane lines or whatever. And our coaches would always tell us. So I would do breaststroke, which is like the frog looking one. And so your head comes up out of the water every time you do a stroke. And they would be like, do not look in the other lanes. Like no matter what you do, like do not turn your head to go look to where the other swimmers are at. Because when you're in the race, it's like, 
your natural curiosity is like, where am I? Like, am I dead last? Am I going to embarrass myself? Am I first? Like, should I go faster? And they would, always, that was like the number one thing they would always say. But as a kid, you know, you're like, I'm going to look in the other ways. Yeah. And so I would look in the other lanes and whatever. Like, and I came first. Yeah, so like, and matter. I still was smoking everybody. Because <laughs> no. they were actually all behind me, by the way. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. back to the story. I couldn't even see them because they were so far behind. <laughs> no. And so I would, uh, you know, I don't remember the actual you know, outcome of that. But then when I was a coach and I would tell my kids that like, don't look to the side, I would see the kids who would look to the side. And by doing that, you slow yourself down because either you're getting stressed because you see someone really close to you. So now all of a sudden you're kind of like trying to keep tabs on them. And it naturally the way that your body is, it slows you down. And I always thought that was such a cool analogy. Kind of like you were saying is like, as soon as you look into what other people are doing, it slows you down and makes you question yourself. When you just keep your head down and you're just going for what, you know, you're doing your best and you know that you can't do any more than that. So like, what does it even matter where the other kids are? Because it's not like all of a sudden you can swim so much faster. You swim how you swim. And I always think about that because whenever you do look at like other people in any life stages or if you guys are doing the same thing and it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much, you know, ahead of me you're wasting so much of your actual energy that's making you slow down. So it's only hindering you. It's not hindering them. They don't care if they don't see that you're looking at them, but it's just making it worse for you. Little fun fact about me is that I I truly believe that I am Martha Stewart, maybe minus a few of the scandals, but we're just going to learn from Martha's mistakes. With that being said, I love hosting. You would actually think that I am upwards of 45 years old if you didn't hear me already start off the episode by talking about when I get home from the bars at 3 a.m. I do want to let you know you can be a multifaceted human being, okay? So I actually love hosting, especially in like the fall and winter time. It's my favorite time because that's when I'm truly the best chef following in my Martha Stewart ways. But I also host a lot of my friends. I actually have a book club that we do monthly pretty much in my house, okay? And I love hosting. And something that I must have on deck when I'm hosting is Oza. Oza is actually incredible. It was created in 2019 after the founder, Ryan, and his friends made a giant mess while trying to make mimosas on a bumpy boat. He knew that there had to be a better option and decided to create the world's first canned mimosa, which by the way, insane that that is just now happening. So it is available in four wonderful flavors, including classic orange, mango, cranberry, and peach bellini. There's sure to be a perfect option for everyone. And unlike hard seltzers or other ready-to-drink cocktails, Oza is made with premium sparkling wine and 100% real fruit juice, which contains 80% less sugar and 60% fewer calories than traditional mimosas without sacrificing that incredible taste that you know and love. Again, I cannot believe that this is just now happening, but if you are someone who likes a good mimosa, likes to host, likes to just honestly, literally just enjoy a nice little like canned beverage, Oza is for you and I am obsessed. So if you guys want, you guys can use code I love you at checkout for $5 off your first purchase. You can visit tryoza.com. That's try, T-R-Y-O-H-Z-A.com to get your Oza mimosas shipped straight to your door today. So you guys can head over to tryoza.com to grab your Oza mimosas and use my code I love you for $5 off your first order. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our damn goods 
episodes where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. When you were talking about that, it made me think of the pressure we put at ourselves at different ages of like girls naturally want to be married by 30. Like to, like that's like the, for some reason, a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. of like marriage. Mm-hmm. And even more than like, I think society, I think like me personally, there's certain things that like, oh, at this age, I will be here. At this age, I will be here. And I will put this pressure on myself based off of, maybe it is based off what other people are doing but also like what I thought my life would look like. Mm -hmm. And that in itself, I think is really difficult. I talk about like navigating your twenties all the time because I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like every single day. But I've been trying to get better about kind of letting go and being open to like what, like where life takes me, like cheesy as it is. I just am trying to not put as much pressure on myself age wise almost of like at this certain age I want to be here and like I want to be married at 27 I want to be whatever and it's like okay I'm also like not even replying to any single boy so like (laughs) you know what I mean yeah like just trying to work on I don't know I guess navigating your 20s but what do you do to maybe like I think everyone's life in general like it doesn't really pan out exactly how you think it's going to Mm -hmm. what do you do when you're trying to like not put as much pressure on yourself I know like we're at least like I feel like all of us are like overachievers and like Mm -hmm. kind of like this is what I want do you guys have tips for like kind of letting go and not being as like married to your first idea yeah well I was gonna say have you read the book the four agreements years ago and I need to reread it I read it when I was in like high school it's such a fast read it's like you can read it um you know really quick and especially because you're probably a really good reader because you read all the time Mm -hmm. after I read that book and like actually digested it was when I feel like that changed for me when I really started to actually let go of expectations for my life because I was very much like that. And I always told myself that was like embedded in my DNA that I was just like a perfectionist and I had to have the best of the best. Otherwise, like what was I living for basically? And after I read that book, he talks about one of the, well, obviously there's four agreements, but one of them is letting go of expectations. And basically like when he was talking about how expectations in life lead to disappointment. And that's the main cause, actually basically the only cause of disappointment is because you're comparing it to an expectation that you had for yourself, for other people. First of all, other people are always gonna let you down because you have an expectation that you made up that has nothing to do with them. And I realized I had so many expectations that were like so deeply embedded in so many different beliefs and like narratives that I had about what life should look like. And then another one of the agreements that kind of goes along with it is like, just always do your best. And if you always do your best, you can't ask anything else of yourself because there's literally nothing possibly you could do besides do your best. And so like putting those two together, I feel like changed my life because it was like, okay, if I let go of expectations of what I think my life should look like, first of all, I won't be as disappointed because I won't be like getting my hopes up about certain things that when I really look at it, I'm like, why does it even matter if I like start having kids at this point or if I get married at this point or if I buy a house at this age, like why, when I really (laughs) ask myself, like, why do I want that? It makes no sense. Like my answer, I can't really give myself a really good answer if I'm being honest with myself. And so then I just remember, okay, if you're just doing your best, then life all of a sudden becomes very enjoyable. And it's not any more like, I don't know, this race to prove to yourself that you're worthy of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I also feel like life isn't meant to be perfect. And that's something I always have to remind myself of. It's like, whenever something doesn't go according to plan, I feel like all of us are just, what the heck? That wasn't, that wasn't part of my plan. That's not what I wanted. 
when we really shouldn't be that surprised because that's just how life goes. And when I really think about the fact that like, like I was saying with my management dropping me, everything that I've gone through that in the moment has really bothered me and made me upset. It just passes, the time passes and I kind of get over it and I move on to a new phase of life. And I know that there's gonna be hard, you know, parts of every single part of life. But when you can kind of almost just be, I don't want to say be okay with bad things happening, but be okay with things not going according to plan when you can really just be like, that's life. That's literally just how life goes. That's not a bad thing. Like the fact that I'm again, yeah, like not pregnant yet. It's like, that's just the way my life's going. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, of course, is there like moments where it's disappointing because you have certain expectations, of course, but it's almost just crazy that we expect life to just be what we want it to be. You know what I mean? And I think like what you were talking about, it almost diffuses the situation to where it's the emotions aren't as like, at like a heightened. Yeah. The thing that you said, Chelsea, about expectations of other people, I want to talk about that because Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we all have, I'm like, we all have expectations, (laughs) but we all have expectations, whether we, you know, consciously are thinking of them or not. And that's been something that I have tried to in the past year, I'm like, okay, but I'm upset about this, but I didn't communicate this. And I don't really actually think this expectation is fair. And when someone else has an expectation of me, that's completely unrealistic. I feel so like suffocated and Mm -hmm. just like, I'm like, okay, I'm drowning. Like, please leave me alone. How have you kind of like shifted expectations? Cause I'm assuming like you do this in like friendship and marriage and relationships. Well, I was going to say, I think when I read the four agreements, I had just gotten married. And so I was like definitely adjusting to this new lifestyle of living with a man and like having, you know, again, expectations of what marriage looked like versus what it actually ended up being. And as I was reading, I was like, okay, I do have many expectations for this guy that I've literally never expressed to him. And I just expect people to know, or we all have an idea of what we want our lives to look like actually very specifically in back of our minds that we've never expressed to people. And like subconsciously it's usually subconscious. So it's not even like we're consciously, you know, making Pinterest boards about it. It's like just in the back of our mind of what things look like. And so when I was reading this and I was like newly married, I can't remember like specifically what he says in the book, but basically like clear content communication. So like communicating expectations that you have, cause it is okay to have certain expectations that you guys both agree on. It's okay but a to lot have of times, standards where it's like, yes. we don't want him to yeah. gaslight me. Okay. Exactly. Like, let's thing, have him but... not be toxic. Right. Let's have him be a nice guy. Respectful. Yeah. Yeah. The bare minimum, but expectations of like, oh, he should be, you know, saying this to me. Like when I'm sad, it's like, Huh? Like, how would he even know that, you know? And so I had to take a hard look at myself and the expectations that I had for him. Like, what am I expecting him to do that's making me sad for literally no reason? Like, I'm just creating this false reality in my head and I'm living in this false reality that's making me sad. Like, I'm making myself sad is kind of what I realized. And then if you're actually clear with your communication and you're like, hey, just so you know, it makes me feel really good when you say this to me. Like, that makes me feel really loved. It's like such an easy thing to say and do. I think people think it'll like ruin the magic of it, but it really doesn't. Like if anything, it just makes you feel a little bit more empowered in your relationship and your communication. And it literally fixes the problem. Like, and then if he, you know, you can't expect them again to be perfect at it, but you've done your best to communicate instead of just like having these rules for other people that they don't even know that they're trying to live by, but they don't even know what the rules are. In in a way you're kind of setting them up for failure without exactly. communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. 
I've been thinking about this recently because I've been seeing a lot of videos on TikTok and stuff of people getting really upset about what other people say to them in certain situations. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I see this a lot with pregnancy too. Like people be like, don't say this to a pregnant person. Don't say this to a person with a newborn. Like, don't say this to someone with a kid. And it's like so much that you have to know not to say and like how to say things perfectly. Like people let it rule their lives of like how other people are talking to them because they have expectations of you should know exactly what's going to make me feel good and what I'm going through. And it's like, people are just trying their that. best. Yeah. People are just trying to like, they don't know. Like, you know, and the, it only harms you to have that expectation to be like, yeah. if, if anyone says A, B and C to me, I'm going to be livid. Yeah. It's, it's like, like they should know better. It's yeah. like, uh, they don't. Okay. So you don't even really they know them. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Um, so get over it. And it's okay if they don't, you know, it's like, if anything, just be like, oh, you know, that kind of makes me sad when you say that because of this and this. And they're like, oh promise you they're not gonna be like I know that's why I said it yeah. it's like they're gonna be like I had no clue I know that's why I said <laughs> yeah. it yeah I wanted to make you feel like crap yeah. sorry we are talking therapy today one of again my favorite topics if you listen to last week's episode with Jess which by the way was a big hit I'm glad you guys liked it Jess really started almost every sentence with what my therapist said my therapist told you so you know that therapy is something very dear to not just my heart, but a lot of people who are close to me, I've seen how it has positively affected me and the people around me. So if you guys have something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment and it's so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line, it's not self-help, but it is professional counseling done securely online you are able to send a message to your counselor anytime and you will get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And this is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which I love. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. What I love so much about BetterHelp is that they make it a lot more accessible. I think that counseling can be something that is a little bit overwhelming. And not only is it more cost effective, but you also don't even have to leave your house. Like how much of a better situation? could it be to start therapy, guys? So anything you share is confidential, it is convenient, it is professional, and it is affordable. You guys are able to check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you all to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kenzie. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Even just being on the internet in general, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like walking on eggshells literally to the point of like, if I say I like apples, like that offends someone who likes oranges. Yeah. Oh, I can't. It stresses me out to no end. And I'm, I don't know. I feel like I've also recently brought it back, but like I definitely have made myself like smaller or like watched and not even just in like the past like two years really, but like even before I'm like, 
even with my humor, I think I'm very, I have like this Valley girl accent. I don't know where it came from. I like my humor. Like, I don't know. Probably the Valley. No, I, <laughs> it was before I lived there. Okay. Oh. Like, I really have no answers. That's what I always say in people's are like, you guys talk like Valley girls. I'm like, we live in the Valley. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what did you expect from me? I should like, would you that. say that to someone who lives in England? Like you have an English accent. It's like, yeah, I live here. So <laughs> that's actually good. I should have used that. But on the internet, I think it's, and no, the internet has gotten to the most annoying place. I'm here to say it. I yes, don't care. thank you. I don't care. Like, we have to walk on eggshells about everything we say. It's, like you said, you could say something that's not even, like, with the best of intentions. With intention. the best of not intentions. in this life. Not, and then we'll get a podcast review about how I'm so mean because I said this. And I'm like, that wasn't my intention. But it's almost like the past few years, the internet has gotten so toxic that you know, I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't affect me because certain comments really bother me. And like, that's why I was saying I shouldn't read DMs as much or whatever. But at the same time, it's almost unfortunately like hardened me to where I'm like, okay, get over it. Like, yeah, yeah. now I don't care. Now I don't care. I used to be so people pleasy, tiptoeing around things, being very just like, I didn't want to offend anyone. And I'm like, well, you're offended no matter what. So I'm just going to say what I want to say. And unfortunately for you, if that offends you, it's really just not my problem. If I said something that was extremely problematic and, you know, I feel remorse for that, I would, of course, apologize. But it's like, I'm not going to apologize for my, you know, opinion on like the, the underwear I like or something. Also, it's like yeah, your it's first opinion, stupid. like I said, it's after you know, and then you're purposely doing it. It's like a lot of the times you're just saying something with the best of intentions that maybe you've heard before. And so you yes. think that's the right answer. It is insane. I feel like I had the opposite effect. Like before I didn't care. I was like, oh, you think that you hate me. You say all this. I don't care. Like it never bothered me. And then in the past year or two, I think I've become just like, I'm hyper aware of how things come across and whatever to the point where I'm like, I have lost my personality. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many things like, I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it is. Yeah. Especially if you have a sense of humor, that's like a little more sarcastic or could be edgy or people could take the wrong way. Let's talk about this. Chelsea and I have said awesome as like a sarcastic remark, you know, when something goes wrong, we're like, awesome. We've said that since high school. We, it was on our merch because it's like just a signature thing that we say all the time on our podcast. And we jokingly on a podcast said that we invented the word awesome. We're like, oh yeah, as you guys know, like we invented the word and someone literally sent us an origin (laughs) of how that, uh, the word awesome has been around since the 1800s, how this is actually where it came from. Like I we were shocked to find out we did not actually invent the word awesome. I, I, I am shocked. Yeah. This and whole time. Yeah. This whole time. I know. And of course it's funny, but I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared of the world we live in. Literally. Yeah. That yeah. you're sending me this and you're genuinely like trying to educate me on how I did not create the word awesome yeah. when I'm 20. But I'm like, you know, we've gotten to a place and that's what I'm saying where you have these experiences and it just hardens you because you're just yes. like, okay, I just can't care about this anymore. And I can't try and prove to other people that I'm a good person with good intentions. My people will understand that. Well, and it's like you said, if you try and like make yourself smaller and you start losing your personality, you also stop being in touch with your own intuition. Therefore, you don't even actually know what's right and wrong anymore. Like if you actually are just listening to yourself, we all have like a moral compass inside of us. We usually know what's right or wrong. Sure, we could learn a lot as well from other people. But at the same time, if you're just listening to what everybody else is saying is right and wrong, you start to lose your own compass because you're like, I don't know. I thought that that was right, but maybe that's completely wrong and I'm an evil person. Or maybe like, like you said, like, oh, 
I don't know, just like little things that I didn't know. I just all of a sudden I'm like, okay, am I the stupidest person alive? I know nothing or. Yeah. And you lose the people who are super invested, invested and, love and love you anyway. Cause it's like, they love you for you. That's why they follow you. That's why they listen to your podcast. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to remind myself a lot. When I see these negative comments or reviews, I have to remind myself, first of all, that it really is like 5% of people. But also, yeah, it's like you want to just be your true self for the people who love you for you because that's so an the awesome point. community. That's the yes. point of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sorry that not everyone is funny and they don't understand that awesome. Obviously, that was a joke. Yeah, exactly. But that's just not your problem. Yeah, it's honestly like, okay, then don't listen to our podcast because you probably think I like we're the rudest people on the planet. (laughs) If you don't understand sarcasm. Yeah, Yeah. that's my thing. My humor. I'm like, you would think I am like so probably like stuck up and honestly like stupid or just I'm very sarcastic, very whatever. Yeah, you should read our reviews. (laughs) Really? No, (laughs) listen, podcast (laughs) reviews are actually what I imagine hell to be. I truly believe that. If you're listening, please go leave a nice review. They're They're kind of anonymous too, which is unfortunate. Like, on Instagram, they they you, you know there's the exactly it'll be like Ladybug three five one or something like that. And so you're like you're high to mind. Ladybug uh, three yeah. five yeah. not that nice. Yeah. yeah, Ladybug is not that nice. No, no. And you never don't have, be fooled. Yeah, you don't know who it is. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah, it's a dark place. But again, there are so many people who are so nice and go out of their way. That's yeah. what I've been trying to focus on too. Like even with reviews, I'm like, wow, that's so nice of people to go completely mm-hmm. out of their way. They do not have to do that. No, and leave a nice review. That's really actually very meaningful. And so that's what I've been trying to focus on. But mm-hmm. it's to get stuck on the mean people for sure. Yes. And those nice people have a very special place in my heart because mm-hmm. that is so kind of them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk again about 20 years, you know, my favorite topic because mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is going on? What has been a time in your, like in recent years where you have felt very lost or confused? And then how did you kind of like come back to yourself? That's a great mm, question. That is a really good question. And actually we talked about this a while ago, me and JC, because my sister just turned 24 and we were talking about the age of like 23 and 24. And I was saying when I turned 23, I remember having the worst birthday blues because I was just like, I did when I turned 23. How old am I? Like I'm 23 I think it's a universal experience. That's what we've established is that everyone's 23rd year was like the worst kind of horrible. I talked about this so much on the podcast and then I turned 24 and I was like, oh, suddenly I'm better. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm like, there is something about your 23rd year that was just not it. No, because the excitement of your 20s is kind of starting to die a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like you're no longer just 20 or 21 and it's like, oh, now I'm an adult. Like I'm no longer a teenager. And you're also expected to know everything about like what you're doing with your life, your path, your passions, but you're so young still. Like when I look back, I thought I was so old when I was 23. Like the day I turned 23, I'm like, my life is literally over. And now I look back, I'm like, you were a baby. Like you were such a little baby. Well, not like that. I'm like, you're such a cry baby. Literally (laughs) both, honestly. But I know it's just a recipe for disaster. And I felt like I didn't know like what I wanted to do. I had passions. I had things like interests and I had things that I knew I wanted to do. I just hadn't really started them yet. Also, I had just gotten married like a couple years before that. So the newlywed like phase of like, oh, marriage is the next thing. Then it was like, well, now what? Like now what's the next thing? I don't know. Is my life just like constantly next things now? Like, you know, you just kind of go into a world of self-reflection that's maybe not so fun but yeah I feel like as soon as you get older and you start to like 
come out of that because you start to realize a lot of things about life. And I love to quote Kylie Jenner and you just start realizing things. Yeah. A poet. Yeah. Yeah. Like you start to realize what's important in life. You start to understand that the lows in your life can actually be lessons and they're not so dramatic and they're not so the end of the world. And you start to learn how to I don't know learn yeah. who you are. I feel like I was lost for a lot of my, like, I still feel like I'm just now kind of figuring out, like, of course, I don't know everything there is to know about life, but I feel a lot more content and comfortable with who I am. And I feel a lot more free than I've ever felt. I feel like mm-hmm. my early twenties were me trying to figure out like, what do I really believe in? And, and what, like, I don't know, how do I feel about myself? And like, what am I basing myself worth off of? And, you know, we got married so young And I always tell my friend, she is 27 and I'm like, she's single. And we always talk about how, like we got married when we were 21. And I always say, I wouldn't recommend it. Even though I do not regret it at all. I love Leif. I think literally he's my person. And I'm so glad that we've like grown together. But when I think about how young I was, again, everyone's journey is unique. So I'm not hating on you. If you want to get married young, I think it could be great. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, when when we hit our five-year anniversary, I was like, now is when I would have loved to marry you <laughs> because now I actually know you so well. We know each other so much. We know ourselves so much better. And so I was telling my friend who's single, I'm like, it's kind of awesome that you are 27 and you like haven't met quote unquote the one yet, but you are so confident and secure and comfortable with yourself now. And you weren't when you were 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, and now you feel so much more confident. What an amazing time for you to find your person and you know, connect with them. And so I feel like your twenties are just you finding yourself. And, and I think a lot of things come up. I know it has for me of like my childhood or just things that I've gone through and trying to work through all of that in my early twenties. And I literally feel like right now I'm 26, about to be 27. I feel like right now I'm kind of starting to be like free. Yeah. I haven't felt that way. Yeah. I feel like I teeter between, I know exactly who I am and I have absolutely no idea who I am. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how to really make that make sense, but I feel one or the other. I completely relate. I think that's super relatable, actually. I felt the same way for a long time. I still kind of feel that way a little bit. Where some days I'm like, okay, we slipping back into some old habits here Mm -hmm. that I thought I was over. Like, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, the next day I'm like, I am so content and confident. Like I know who I am deeply, but yeah, I think that's what your twenties are for. And don't beat yourself up for feeling that way. It's so normal. I think the biggest thing for me, as I've gotten into my later twenties, I guess we're on the downhill slope now, technically crazy is like shedding the narratives that I had about myself of what I thought that I was, I guess. And like what my, again, like I said, that was like embedded into my personality, you know, these traits that I had that I didn't love or that I loved and realizing that I can kind of be whoever the heck I want to be. And like, I can change at any time. I can change my opinions. I can change, you know, my personality and I can change my habits. Not like I can, you know, change my personality in terms of like being fake, but if I don't like something about, you know, a habit that I've had to use as like a coping mechanism since I've been little or something like that. I can unlearn that and I can change. And that has been the most freeing thing ever is like not feeling trapped by all of these narratives that I had made about myself that were making me miserable. Like again, these expectations that I'd had on myself of what my life should look like, what I should be like, um, what I should like, what my days, you know, what my routine should look like. And now I feel like, yeah, I've kind of in the same boat where I'm like 
life is just fun. It's like I, I'm playing Sims, but with myself, like, like I'm going to do what do I, I want, want my day to look like? What do I want to do? Like, what do I want my life to look like? And what feels good? What feels fun? And I'm allowed to change my mind. And that's actually really freeing to know that. I, I think agree. that's the most important thing. And we, again, like live in a society where it's, you can't change your mind apparently. Yeah. And I think that that is single-handedly like the most important thing. Something I remind myself of all the time. Like I also change my mind all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am very like, I go through phases with things. I, I don't, I just, am, that's just kind of how I like operate. And I just think it's very freeing exactly to know that I can change my mind and I can try something and see if I like it. I can, I mean, fill in the blank. There's so many different things. And if you don't like it, or if you decide that's not what you like, that's not for you or whatever, you are allowed to change your mind. Yeah. Totally. It's very important. And I, even as something as simple as this, I was just telling Chelsea last night, I was like, I don't think I like working out in the morning. That's, you know, in my mind being a very like motivated, driven person who health wants to queen. live this health, healthy yeah. life. I'm like, I feel like I need to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and get going. That's what I feel like the expectation of myself is deep down when really I don't ever do that. Like I don't wake up at 5.30 a.m., but I feel like I should and I yes. should be going to a workout class. I should have everything done by 8.30 a.m. and then I can get my day started by nine and work. And I was just saying last night, I was like, I think I want to start working out at night. Like I've realized that I went to a workout class at five and I loved the way I felt. I went and took a dip in the ocean, came home, showered, like got ready for bed or had dinner. And I felt it was so nice. And I'm also not married to that. Now I'm not like, okay, now that's my new personality. It's like working out at night, but I'm like, it's so weird that I feel like that's not even okay for me to do. It's like, oh, you know, healthy entrepreneur people wake up it early and they go straight to their workout. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. So maybe next month I will, who knows? And that's okay. But it's like, for now I want to start working out at night and who cares? You know? Exactly. But it's weird. I think it's like the added pressure of having a following on social media. I feel this way all the time, but I don't think that my friends who like don't have like a platform or something like feel that always. Yeah. Like I, they're just like, oh, whatever. But for some reason to me, one, I make everything I like a personality trait. So yeah. that is on me. <laughs> yeah. Two, I do feel like I'm tied to something I did three months ago. And if I'm not doing that anymore, then they're it's like wrong. following up. Why aren't you still mm-hmm. doing this? You're like, oh, shiz, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's like a, this weird thing. But also another thing I say all the time, like routines are really personal mm-hmm. and they also change a lot. And I think they should be changing. And I think, you know, from re- anything from routines to how you act, your beliefs about certain things, I think that should actually always be changing because that's actually a sign of growth. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in our heads, especially when you, like, I'm the same way, like healthy, entrepreneur, productive, right. want to do all this stuff. But like, if I am the exact same way I was six months ago, then I'm not growing. Mm-hmm. So like that actually in itself, not that your routines always have to change or anything like that, but like I want to constantly be like changing and, and learning and evolving. And like, for some reason, even though like I know that that's actually a good thing for the most part, it's in my head, like ingrained as like, nope, bad, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, exactly. I think that's true. The added um, pressure of having a platform of people being like, you know, just giving their opinions, which is fine. They're entitled to them, but it's like, oh, it's actually better for you to work out in the morning scientifically. Da-da-da. And I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, whatever, you yeah. know, at this, but it does add a layer to it where, yeah, you know, pressure. if other people aren't involved in your life at all. It's like your decisions don't really make a difference to them. Yeah. So I agree. That's a good point. And it's so weird because like our routines that we base things off of like a nine to five, for example, like I just saw somebody post a meme from Twitter or something like that. And it was like Henry Ford in 1926. I don't know, created the nine to five, eight, like work day. 
or eight hour workday, you know, five days a week. And the meme was like, so it was you that started this. And I'm like, isn't that weird though? That like we yeah. base our entire routine off of like something eight one person to five. made up. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, Hey, this works for my company. Like I'm going to create this. And now like our entire society functions off awesome. of that. And so when you remember that, it's like, Oh, I'm again, I can actually ask myself some clarifying questions and be like, why do I feel like I have to do this in order to appear this way? Or why do I feel like I have to, like I, like you said, like be working by nine and otherwise I'm like a trash of a human. It's like literally, mm -hmm. how does that even actually make sense especially, when you really think about it? Especially when you do have a job like all of us where we do kind of make our own schedules. It's like, we can kind of do whatever, you know, we can kind of make our own schedule be what works for us but you still have that little pressure in the back of your mind. Like it has to be this super productive thing where I wake up super early. Anyway, I'm also just not a morning person, like never have been. Maybe that's an identity I'm protecting. Okay. But I'm like, you need I, to shed that narrative. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I just don't, I haven't enjoyed it. So I'm like, why am I like forcing myself to be like this, you know, yeah. Health queen who wakes up at 5am when that's not even, hasn't even been enjoyable. Yeah. Me. It's like not yeah. even what you want to do. Right. So it's like definitely not worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you said about the eight hour work day, it made me and how, you know, it works for my company. So it works for everyone else. It's kind of like school. Like school is really structured to a certain type of learner. And if you are not that learner, then that's kind of it. Like exactly. good luck. You're like, that sucks basically is like how it's structured. Yes. And it's, it's again, it's like blanket statements. Like I'd really try to stay, even though I don't like, in my head, I try to stay away from blanket statements and I'm sure I don't. I don't think really anything in life is a one size fits all. No, definitely I read a not. book all about that. Like it was talking about how kids when they're teenagers and in high school, it's like how their ideal schedule and like sleep schedule and all that is like not in what's the word I'm looking for? Like in, in keeping with the, yeah, the way that schools are where it's like they wake up, you know, the school starts at seven or seven 30. It's like, teenagers, no wonder they're so tired because they actually need a lot more yeah. sleep and they, you know, get home from school and then they go to their sport or whatever they're doing after they hang out with their friends and they do homework and then they get to bed at, you know, they don't, they're not getting nearly enough sleep. It's like yeah. our whole society is based off of, yeah, these like typical things, quote unquote, that work for certain people, but they actually do not work for everyone because there's not, it's not possible. Yeah. So it exactly. is unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Okay. Last question. What do you think is the biggest way you have both individually changed or grown in the past year? Um, I think just kind of the theme of what I've been talking about this whole time is just like letting go a little bit more and understanding that my life is going to work out in the best way for me. And I, and to stop trying to control every little thing. I think every time I try and control more and more, it literally gets worse. I get more and more miserable. So I like my whole just theme this year, especially in the past few months has just been like letting go, like letting go of control, which is so insanely hard, especially with my personality, because I just like to control things. I like to have results. And when things aren't going my way, it just really bothers me, to be honest. It just yeah, annoys me. me. So I've just been trying so hard to be like, that's fine. Like when something doesn't go my way, actually verbally being like, that's okay. That that's really like, I, like you said, like rejection is redirection. Like if something doesn't go my way, it's going to make me stronger in the end. This is good for me. And yeah, just kind of like trying to also shed my like personality traits of like being a workaholic and stuff. I'm just like, I don't need to, that doesn't need to be my whole personality. Like there's actually a lot of more things that are interesting about me that I should focus on. So just a constant journey for me, honestly. But I think I have really like come to grips with that recently and been a lot more 
actively like working on those things. So I think I've changed a lot since like January. Honestly, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm a lot more okay with like just things going wrong. And I just joke about them. Now I'm like, awesome. Okay, yeah. I'm moving on. More chill. Mm-hmm. Not that I've noticed. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to say I, last year, like 2020, even though it was like just the absolute craziest year ever, I feel like is where my life kind of begun, like where I started to actually... I feel like all the work I had done on myself, cause I was obsessed with self-help. You know, I went to the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. I was very into like health, but I still am into it, like health coaching. And I was getting into that and I had read and watched and consumed so much self-help content and it was making a difference. Like I knew a lot of facts, but it wasn't like actually being applied. And last year I feel like because we were forced to really take a deep look at ourselves and like what we were doing and we were home all the time, is when I really started to actually bring awareness to a lot of things that I was doing that were like self-sabotaging habits, whether it be um, thought patterns and like kind of having this realization that, like I said, my life can kind of be whatever I want and my thoughts do not have to absolutely control me. And that I was, so I work with JC's dad, he's my life coach and something he said, I would, uh, I can't remember exactly what I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about how I, I'm not good at confrontation. I was like, I hate confrontation. I'm just not good at it. It's so awkward. It's just basically like I was saying, part of my DNA, like I'm just not good at it. And he asked me this question that I always think about. It's um, like, why are you protecting um, an identity that's not serving you? And I was like, oh, yeah, wow. I definitely <laughs> yeah. am. Like I am like to, so much. Like I would go to war for this identity. That's like literally doing nothing good for me and only harming me. And so I started realizing a lot of those little things that I was doing. And so it was very freeing because I started to understand that, again, I can if I wanted to be a certain way, if I wanted to start being good at something as small as journaling in the morning, then I could then I could work on it. And it's something simple and doesn't have to be this huge you know, thing in my mind that I had to really work on or whatever it is, even being good at confrontation where it's like, okay, what if you, that's just something you've learned is that confrontation's awkward. You have this narrative in your mind that confrontation is bad. What if it's not bad? What if it's good? Because you can finally communicate and like say what you actually feel. And it's like, when you start to actually look at things a little bit differently, like change my perspective about a lot of things, I started to feel like life was fun again and start to feel like I could relax and I could basically do anything. And I know it, in my mind, it was like, this is where the fun life begins because I know things will be hard in my life. I, I'm not naive to think that nothing bad will ever happen to me ever again, but I just have confidence in myself and in my own, like, I guess, regulation of my emotions that I will be okay. And I always say like the worst case scenario to me, like I, I'm a religious person, the worst case scenario, if something happens, you know, if I really talk myself through, like if I'm really anxious about something like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? I die, I go to heaven and I'm, I'm with Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually not worst case scenario. That's great. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's like, when you really think about it, your fear is holding you back from so much. So if you're confident in yourself and you can kind of talk yourself through it, then all of a sudden life does become very exciting. And like you have all of a sudden hope, which makes life fun. More fun. Yeah. Worst case scenario is actually like when you really get real with yourself and yeah. you think about the worst case scenario of something you're scared of, it's actually makes you usually for me a lot more calm. Cause mm -hmm. I'm like, it's really not that bad. Like, well, okay. Exactly. I lose like some money. It's like, 
yeah. I will get it back eventually. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it just in a business venture or something. Yes. I don't know. It's just like nothing is really like the end of the world. Yeah. And you but. can get through it. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Not that it'll be easy. Not that worst case scenario is always going to be the easiest option, but that you will be okay and you'll get through it mm-hmm. no matter what. Love that. Wow. Great advice, guys. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can they find you? Thanks for having us. Well, our podcast is at what we said podcast on Instagram. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I'm sure you see it in a lot of TikToks. I feel like we're featured in the same TikToks a lot yeah. of the time. Like when people say, here are my favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah. A lot we of them are. are. Yeah. 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 Um, but my personal is at Chelsea Jade Curtis on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And my personal is at JCJACI Marie Smith. By the way, some of those TikToks have like millions of views. So shout out to the people who do those. Yeah, thank oh, you. The podcast ones. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I should, we should start paying people to do that. No, yeah. I, that's the best marketing. Actually, that's not about it. No, idea. I literally said that. I'm like, we should literally start paying like people as brand deals. If they're like huge fans of the podcast. We can to go like, in together. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Joint venture. I'm yeah. in guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head on over to what we said to listen to the other half. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next Thursday. Bye.